Welcome everybody to the Straight Shooter Wrestling Podcast. I am one half of your host, Santi. Steve, how are you? Santi, besides that, it is near 40 degrees Celsius and I believe 90 degrees Fahrenheit in Ontario, Canada right now. I'm fantastic. It is hot as hell. How are you doing, man? I, you know what? I'm kind of in the same boat. I did wake up with a weird bout of vertigo because of just how hot it was. But that being said, we got Forbidden Door. It's John Cena Appreciation Month. And we've got Money in the Bank coming up here in a couple of weeks. And that happens to be our main topic of the show, which we're going to jump into immediately right now. We're going to be talking Money in the Bank, and we're probably going to be talking Money in the Bank for probably the next couple of weeks as it's the main um premium live event that's happening here in about two weeks so this won't be the last time that you hear us talk money in the bank you'll have a preview and then you'll have a review of money in the bank of course but today we're going to be talking about the actual money in the bank cash-ins that have already happened steve today's video is or podcast if you're listening to podcast services around the globe is the top five money in the bank bank cash-ins doing it similar to the weighted average that we did for our top five hell in a cell matches but before we jump into that steve to our listeners and to our viewers we want to shout you out steve where are people watching from this week listen santi i i want to give as much appreciation to uh all of our viewers but unfortunately the rss has really changed the map so I can, I'm just going to go the best way I can. I'm just going countries right now. Um, we got, um, sorry, we have Buenos Aires. We've got Santiago, Chile. We've got Paraguay. We got into Paraguay. Let's Santi. go. We we're didn't in Paraguay, have Paraguay baby. last week. Um, we're heating up in Mexico. Dude, uh, we're dem- taking over the, Latin America. The DR is uh, spicing up as well. Uh, the Dominican Republic. We got Costa Rica heating up. Um, let's go over to to Europe. And I just realized we just jumped into uh, Malaga. So what up to the south end of Spain? And uh, like always, you know what? Italy. Italy is heating up all across the map. Oh. We've got uh, Cagliari. We've got Palermo. We, uh, we got basically south of Italy. We've got Malta. Yes, definitely different country, I understand. Uh, we got Milan. We've got uh, Rome and, you know, basically all of Italy. So what up to Europe? What up to South America? Guys, keep listening. Don't forget to give us a review. And like always, I'm going to shout out Norway because I'm just surprised somehow we got to Norway. So what up, Norway? <laughs> uh, well, to all my Latin American listeners, muchas gracias por escuchar este podcast de Lucha Libre. Bienvenidos and welcome to Straight Shooter Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's jump into it, Steve. Uh, Money in the Bank. All right, so yeah. what we have done for our viewers and to our listeners is Steve has come up with his top five, and I've come up with my top five. We've done a weighted average, and we've come with we've come up with a definitive straight shoot top five money in the bank cash-ins keep in mind that a couple of these spots are actually ties uh but nonetheless we didn't want to cut you cut you short on uh on on content listen guys santi and i can never agree really on anything except for vince mcmahon apparently um so this is why we do the weighted average just so it is a fair breakdown and it's not him and i bickering back and forth as much as you guys would love that but it's an easy, it keeps it structured, it keeps it all put together and keeps the ball rolling with the conversation. So that is the reason we do the weighted average, because if we decide to do my top five and his top five, we'd be here all night. So. Yeah. Now we did give each other a honorable mention slot. Steve, who did you put in in your honorable mention before we jump into our top fives? Sandy, I say this every time we are talking about anything with a quality story behind it. And my honorable mention, and I really think I should have put it in the top five, but it is Randy Orton, 2003's cash-in on Daniel Bryan. Now, let's talk about this for a second. This was SummerSlam 2000, sorry, 2013, not 2003. Uh, 2013. The authority is genuinely making Daniel Bryan's life a living hell. And like they always say, there's a plan B, there's a plan C when it comes to the authority. And that plan C at the time was the 
the Viper. It was the Viper Randy Orton. It was Triple H being the guest referee and just coming in, laying out the pedigree and leaving the carcass of Daniel Bryan laying in the middle of the ring for Randy Orton just to slither in with a quick one, two, three, let's go. Fantastic. This should be higher on the list, but great storyline, great booking, and what a cash-in that was. What about you, Buck? No, I'm I'm with you. I think that was a fantastic cash-in. It's one of those cash-ins that I vividly remember not wanting to happen because everybody was so behind Daniel Bryan. Uh, And not only did Daniel Bryan win the world title, he did it by beating John Cena. John Cena clean one two three, and we had not we not only did we have a celebration, we had confetti, we had stringers. It was the proper celebration, only to be ruined by um, what many saw as the establishment in Randy Orton. It was a cash in I, that I didn't want to see, uh, a cash in that I was upset about at the time, but a cash in that has aged like a fine wine. I'll say that. All right, yeah. so. My uh, honorable mention, Steve, here is a very recent one, actually. I have The Miz cashing in on Drew McIntyre at, um, excuse me, at Elimination Chamber 2021. So let me talk a little bit about this. Uh, this, This has a couple of problems, which is why it didn't crack my top five. Problem number one was that it didn't happen in front of a live audience. This happened in the Thunderdome with all the screens. Um, so it ju- it wasn't the right vibe, the right holy shit vibe. I, if if I can if I can put it crudely, that the typical Money in the Bank cash in generates. Uh, you know, a Money in the Bank cash in usually gets fans to root for the people that they don't ever really want to root for because they're getting to see something that only happens once a year, right? Yeah. Um, so. The Miz lost out on that, unfortunately. The other reason why I didn't crack my top five is because Miz was just a transitional champion. It was just to take off the belt from Drew to put it on Bobby so that they could go on and have a match at WrestleMania. That being said, the cash in itself is beautiful. Again, it just has the problem that it wasn't in front of a live audience. It has all the makings of a proper cash-in. A grueling Elimination Chamber match by the champion Drew McIntyre, immediately followed up by a massive ass-whooping from an angry Bobby Lashley who had just lost his United States title earlier that night, immediately followed by the awesome i came to play of course cash in uh one two three miz wins in classic heel slimy fashion this is why the miz is so good at what he does it's my honorable mention in my number six steve it's it's kind of funny santi uh because it is such a good cash in again great great writing across the board uh great performance by drew in uh in the chamber and then obviously the the fit that Lashley through, but it's unfortunately that a lot of the WWE universe during that time, yes, okay, we were still watching, but it is the pandemic era. Um, it, it's a very forgettable era in pro wrestling. And it's unfortunate that The Miz didn't get what he deserved on that one. Also, like Drew McIntyre didn't get the appreciation for what he did during that era of being that champion, but the Miz's cash in there, if that was in front of like 30,000 people, people would be booing him and riding out of the streets, like out in the streets. It would be insane. So yeah, great cash in. All right. Well, let's jump into our top five. All right. This is going to be fun. So um, we're going to start off from fifth, then go into fourth, third, second, and first. Um, and I will let everybody know how it landed in the, in the spot that it landed in. But at number five, we have a tie and we have what was originally, Steve, your number five and also my number five. So they came in and tied for fifth place. So they, it's it's in the right spot, technically, based on, on both of our rankings. So I'll let you talk to yours first. You have Alexa Bliss cashing in on Nia Jax at Money in the Bank 2018. Listen, everyone knows it's no secret. I am a massive, massive Alexa Bliss fan. Even though I'm rocking a Liv Morgan shirt right now, 
I'm a massive Alexa Bliss fan. Her winning the Money in the Bank, uh, I believe it was that night, only a couple of hours before they started off Money in the Bank with the women's match, and they were ending the the show with Charlotte versus Nia Jax. Granted, even back then, nobody wanted Charlotte or Nia Jax as the women's champion. Uh, Oh, sorry, it wasn't Charlotte. It was Ronda Rousey. My apologies. It was Ronda Rousey's versus Nia Jax. And again, the WWE fans and the universe were not really over on Ronda Rousey being there. Nia Jax is one of those talent that you either love or you hate. And the predominant section of the WWE universe did not enjoy Nia Jax. So this was a perfect placement for Alexa Bliss to come in and cash in that money in the bank. And she comes in, bashes Ronda over the back of the neck with the briefcase, goes after her real-life best friend in Nia Jax and the feud that they've had and the relationship that they've had. Oh, man, I was just so happy. I always remember I was sitting on my dad's back deck watching this on my laptop, just going like, you don't really wait a couple of months for this. And this girl's doing it in like an hour. It's great. Like great creative. The right person walked out with the title that night. I absolutely loved it. That's why it's in my number five. I wish it was higher, but that's where we are. I I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's one of those predictable cash-ins that was still shocking because if you are going to have a women's money in the bank cash-in happen, and it's Alexa Bliss. You almost expect a character like Alexa Bliss was at the time to do it that very same night. That being said, it was still a rare thing. Yes, Kane did it, but it the Kane doing it wasn't really particularly exciting because he did it on a Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah. We had the conniving Little Miss Bliss doing this in the middle of the match between two of the most feared women in WWE, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey. Um, I I agree with you. I think it's a phenomenal cash-in um, that's going to be remembered for a really long time, and maybe we'll get a second cash-in here with Alexa Bliss being one of the favorites uh, going into uh, Money in the Bank this year. It just makes me smile. Let's let's move on to your number five, Sam. Yeah, my number five uh, it almost comes from a different generation. It, frig, it's kind of crazy to believe that this was almost 11, actually over 11 years ago. Uh, we have Daniel Bryan cashing in on Mark Henry at Tables, Ladders, and Chairs 2011. I can talk uh, a little bit about this. So, one of the reasons why I love this cash in was because this was a year where SmackDown was unafraid to put the title on different people. We had the likes of Randy Orton. Uh, we had the likes of Christian holding the title. We had, um, uh, of course, Mark Henry, who had a very memorable title run that I think everybody remembers incredibly fondly. And I don't think we realize how good we had it on SmackDown in 2011. The next one in line for that new character holding a title was Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan, first of all, was a shocking victor for for Money in the Bank because a lot of people actually thought he was on his way out of the company, that he was ready to leave and hit the indies again. And yet they put the briefcase on him. What we had was little Daniel Bryan, all five foot eight, 180 pounds soaking wet, cashing in on the 400 pound Mark Henry and the 500 pound Big Show in the middle of a gruesome tables, ladders, and chairs match. And I thought that the cash in was beautiful. If you go back and watch it, uh, Daniel Bryan literally just strolls in as Mark Henry is covered in chairs and struggles to get his leg up for for a proper cover. It was the start of the slimy Daniel Bryan yes movement um, that didn't really get acknowledged until WrestleMania 20, uh, 28. Um, that being said, if you look back on it, this was the start of the Daniel Bryan revolution for the next 
10 plus years. A lot of people say that it was Daniel Bryan losing the title in 27 seconds. And absolutely, that's definitely the star making moment when you when you go back and look at the butterfly effect. Uh, but this was the start of it. This was absolutely the start of it. And it led to some hilarious matches leading on, which one of them is one of my favorite matches that I've watched in a really long time at the time, which was Daniel Bryan in a steel cage match versus the Big Show and Mark Henry. Picture that and tell me that that's not comedy gold. Daniel Bryan's cash-in was awesome. It was fantastic. Steve, were you even watching wrestling at this time? So I was flicking on and off with this one. Uh, You know what the weird one for me is, Santi? The referee being Scott Armstrong. Because he he was playing a predominant role in the authority movement moving into the latter part of 2011, 2012, 2013 in that like almost two year period. And I just specifically remember like, you know how they always delay the referee cashing in. It was the Scott Scott Armstrong thing that really pops out to me. But like, I was, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of that era of wrestling. Um, I think in this match or in that pay-per-view uh, somebody yanked down like the whole thing of chairs. No, 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 no. You're thinking even before that. That was, was the ne- that? that was that was Cena in the Nexus. Okay, cool. So like that is, I don't know much about this pay per view. I don't know much about this match. I'm sh- I'm sure I have to go back and watch it to really appreciate it. Um, but from what you said, this sounds like it was like that precursor to the future yes movement of the growth of you know, Daniel Bryan and his, you know, dominance in the main event picture. That's really all I got for this one. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, it do- it doesn't have to be more than that. Like, if you go back and look at the moment, um, there's some 10 out of 10 moments that happen after the cash-in. One of them being the big show looking around like, what the fuck? just happened and number two is daniel bryan grabbing the big gold belt going to michael cole who was a heel at the time who hated daniel bryan and screaming in his face that he's the champion it's gold and then you had michael cole doing like the shocked and in disgusted face it's it's from beginning all the way up to cameras cutting it's masterfully done. It's masterfully done between not just Daniel Bryan, but everyone that was involved because you even have uh, Jerry the King Lawler laughing his ass off at Michael Cole because Daniel Bryan won. Go back and you don't go watch it back and watch the pay-per-view. It's fairly forgettable. Just go back and watch the cash and it's a fun one. All right. All right, all right. Sounds good. All right, number four, Steve. We have mine. Uh, And this one I originally had ranked. Let me just double check here. I had this ranked at fourth. So this one uh, is tried and true right in its spot. You did not have this at all in your top five. So I guess I'll be doing a good amount of the talking here, but I'm sure you'll want to chime in. I have Carmella cashing in on Charlotte at SmackDown after WrestleMania a few years ago. Um, do you want to say some words? Because I've been talking here for quite a bit. Or do you want me to 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 ramble off here? The dumbest cash in I've ever seen. How is it? Okay. Look, for the people that don't know, Steve hates Carmella and anything to do with Corey Graves. So this is just a Whoa, bias. This is a bias. This is a bias opinion from a man that was absolutely destroyed by Corey Graves on Twitter. Do not listen to what he has to say. No, listen, like it it comes right up to what we're dealing with now going into Money in the Bank. I do not understand how Carmella, this has nothing to do with Corey Graves because this was well before Corey Graves. This, why is Carmella ever in the main event slot? This isn't that. This isn't the video for that, Steve. We are ranking the Cashin. The Cashin could be Elmo, okay? For all I care, if Elmo had a sick Cashin, it deserves to be in this top five. So I need you to drop the Carmella hate and see this for what it was, which was a beautiful Cashin that had the debut of my favorite women's tag team of all time, the Iconics. Yeah. We had the day. Okay. I like that one. I like that one. We had the debut of the Iconics uh, come out, then uh, beat the crap out of Charlotte in typical fashion. Uh, and then, of course, we had the, the Carmella's music hitting. She's running at lightning speed with this ref, literally grabbing him and screaming. If you go watch the, it, it, go rewatch the cash in. It's one of the most 
painstaking two minutes as Carmella is screaming at the top of her lungs for the for the ref to ca to cash it in and call the bell, and the ref just keeps going. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? And Carmella just screams. I don't want to scream in front of the, in the mic, but she screams at the top of her lungs, and then the ref is just. Are you sure? Either way, I remember that her her high pitched yeah. voice was literally the most ear piercing thing I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I was like, this needs to stop. And I'm so glad this is the end of the pay-per-view because I need to go take a tie on all. Wasn't a pay-per-view, voice... free television. Actually, that Whatever, brings me, that brings me to my next right? point. Yes, this was yeah. another reason why it's such a good moment is because we had a hot crowd. This was yeah. SmackDown right after WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, so we had that hot crowd from, uh, from the previous, I guess, couple nights, WrestleMania. Um, so we had a really incredible pop that... She probably Carmella would never generate naturally. And this is the beautiful thing about the money in the bank that it gets people off their feet. And once we get to probably the second or third slot, I don't know where it lands and I don't want to spoil it. Uh, you'll understand what a pivotal, um, what a pivotal key the audience plays when it comes to a cash in. And it's one of the reasons why the, the Miz's cash in didn't make this list. If you, if you recall, so we're going to talk audience in probably in a few more, um, in a few more slots, but, uh, we'll move on. I love the Carmella cash in and, and I, and again, Steve, you have to, you have to see it at face value. You can't bring I, the Carmella I hate. For, I see it for face value. It was great. Like the iconics, like absolutely like, leveling out charlotte that was great um but it's just i just don't understand carmella she for me belongs in the the diva era so that's it you just had to get the last last word in on higgin on carmella all right we'll move on at number three we have uh your steve so i'll let you rattle on here so we have dean ambrose currently known as John Moxley, cashing in on Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank 2016. What have you to say? Fanti, listen, for this being another one that it was a Money in the Bank cash in, Ambrose won it the night, uh, earlier that night. Um, but again, again, comes down to storytelling. I sound like a broken record, but the fact that we've got all three members of the Shield in one night as champions, Roman comes in as champion, has a grueling, grueling match against Seth Rollins. And I, 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 these guys tore the house down in that match. And I think anytime you put these three guys in the ring together, it's just pure gold. Um, but my, my favorite part about this was the music hits during Rollins celebration and Rollins is baiting Ambrose to come from the from the from the stage and all of a sudden the crowd pops first and this is what we were talking about like the importance of the crowd the crowd sees ambrose come out from under the ring and i can't believe i i can't remember who it was was it byron saxton or was it michael cole screaming he's under the ring he's under the ring and ambrose just comes in and absolutely belts uh seth in the back and then picks him up dirty deeds and the thing is with ambrose it doesn't matter if it's dean ambrose or john moxley every time that man hits either the uh dirty deeds or the paradigm shift the crowd screams out the finisher the name of the finisher and they did it perfectly for this lays him out one two three and the for the first time ever you see three members of a fully true faction as champion in one night. Damn, bro. Like, this for me is on par with our potential number two. But obviously for specific reasons. But this was such a good cash. And I could watch this one. Over, I have on YouTube. On YouTube, I have watched this over and over and over. Such a good cash in. Yeah, and uh, let's not um, 
underplay what it led to, right? Because if you remember, this was the start of the new reinvigorated 2016 SmackDown that had Dean Ambrose as its champion, John Cena, uh, Seth, uh, not Seth Rollins, uh, John Cena, AJ Styles, um, and Dolph Ziggler. So this is part of the problem that I had with the Miz's cash-in that it didn't lead to anything. The Dean Ambrose cash-in, they treated him like a true champion. I think a lot of people might disagree on that, but I, I, I disagree with them disagreeing. I actually think that his championship reign was pretty solid. He had some good title defenses there. Um, but yes, there, I think to me, the crowd is very important. What happens with the storyline and the title after the fact is really important. But this had it all. This had it all. It had a story that didn't need to be forced um, because it was the, the history of the shield, right? It, it was just a story that made sense that fans could easily get behind. And this is one of the reasons why I hate it when WWE doesn't acknowledge its past. A lot of the times, uh, the fans want WWE to acknowledge the past because it adds um, that extra bit of oomph to a particular story. And by them obviously acknowledging the past that they are former S.H.I.E.L.D. members and putting that out into display for the world to see by having them all basically hold the title on the same night was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and... I think another thing with this is it's something that the fans wanted. They, yeah, like you said, they wanted to acknowledge the past, but Ambrose was always that, like, the odd one out. Yeah. And really putting the briefcase on him, you knew he was going to get the title, but you didn't know how soon. Like, putting the title on Ambrose is, is basically a clear cut saying, you know what, we're almost prepared to put it on him. He needs to work a little harder. But to do it the night of, in typical Ambrose character fashion, and Ambrose's character we always knew was like an impatient, same very much like John Moxley. He's impatient. He wants to go out. He wants to brawl. And he just wants to get shit done and then go have a beer. Well, not anymore. But this is what we had with Ambrose. And it was gritty. It was just despicable, but it's what the fans wanted that night, and they got it, and they sure as hell appreciate it. That was the coolest part about that passion. Hey, it's also cool that he did it in a complete heel fashion and still came out of face. That's the beauty of money in the bank. Yeah. It allows the, and this is why I fucking hate the John Cena cash in and the, and the RVD cash in and all in the, in the big E cash in. You can, you, it's okay. Be a despicable little heel for that split moment. It won't change you. It's not going to cause a, a double turn. I mean, it yeah. might, it might, but this is your one opportunity as a face to be a piece of shit and get away with it. And it yeah. totally be accepted by everybody. And Dean Ambrose took that and ran with it. Yeah. And in typical Ambrose fashion, virtually everything he did in WWE worked. And for some reason, they just never saw it and never gave him that proverbial brass ring and let him run with it a little bit further. They gave him the title, but they didn't give him much after that. So yeah, yeah it's a shame. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number two, where we have a two-way tie, Steve. Uh, we will go, you know what? Let's start with, uh, with the one that I actually had as my number two. Uh, so I had Ziggler cashes in on Alberto Del Rio at WrestleMania, excuse me, Raw after WrestleMania 2013. I'll uh, talk a little bit at length. So remember when we said earlier the importance of the fans? This was it. This was yep. it. Um, the fans wanted this. And the yes. fans, it got to the point where the fans needed this to happen. Look, before all this, Ziggler had an okay time holding the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think the stuff that he was doing with A.G. Lee and Biggie Langston at the time was kind of eh. But here's the thing. It was a perfect storm. The people were tired of Del Rio. He ha it, was, it was a bad... It was a bad time for Del Rio being a face, even though he's still the, the rich, maniacal, egotistical piece of shit. It just didn't work. People were done with Del Rio. And people just wanted something different. 
And Ziggler was it. Even though he was kind of middling leading up into this, the money in the bank and the pop that he got when his music hit, everyone forgot about that. Everyone forgot that Ziggler was in the mid card and instantly Ziggler was a superstar for those five minutes. And unlike many of the cash-ins that happened up until this point, which we'd only had about six cash-ins at this moment because we only had one Money in the Bank briefcase, up until that point, it was typical for whoever was cashing in to hit one move and that's it. Ziggler had to basically have a mini-match Yep. Because his heel tactics to try and come in and attack the ankle and try and win it in one move didn't work. And the fact that it didn't work was actually glorious because it yes. gave everybody the sinking feeling of, oh, fuck no. They're actually going to do Ziggler dirty and Del Rio's actually going to walk out of this with the world title this was i feel the first money in the bank match with the exception of maybe the very first one where you genuinely did not know where it was going to land because of of del rio being able to actually fight back but the crowd pop ziggler celebration again i still think looking back at video packages that aj lee and biggie being there is weird but it's beautiful Hey, listen, let's not take away from all the work that Big E and AJ Lee did for Ziggler in that time. Yes, okay, they were mid. We will say that they were mid. But some of the stuff they had going for them back then, they could have been a fully established faction if WWE had given them a little bit more creative control. I truly believe that. But let's go to the cash-in. It is very hard for me to say this, Santi, growing up in the Attitude Era. This is one of the greatest pops of all time. And I lived through Mick Foley winning the world title and Austin coming out shortly before that. Two of the greatest pops of all time in one night. And Ziggler is up there because the fans were so fed up with the biggest piece of shit in pro wrestling history next to Ryback, Alberto Del Rio. And yes, I went there. Alberto Del Rio for me is one of the biggest pieces of shit in pro wrestling history. And his character was no better. The only thing that came that was good with Alberto Del Rio was his his manager. And other than that, he was just, when he won the world title, I stopped watching wrestling. I just didn't care. And that was hard for me back then because it was it, it was still it was still quality enough that there was a lot other things going on. But Alberto Del Rio starting a Monday Night Raw or starting a SmackDown hurt me because I had to listen to this asshole talk. So Ziggler coming out, I was watching that. And I popped. I almost hit the roof. And the the mini match is what sold it for me as well. The fact that I'm I'm that fan on the edge of the seat being like, please, God, no. They are not going to make me have to deal with this POS for another three to four weeks, maybe another six weeks. Yeah, I th- I sorry to chime in, but and, uh, and I'm going to bounce it right back to you. I thought that Del Rio was winning when he sunk in the armbar or the cross arm breaker. I, I'm like, no fucking way that they're actually going to do this to Ziggler. And the thing is, Ziggler sell. Ziggler, don't ever disregard Dolph Ziggler. Yes, he's not a great character. He's a slimy piece of crap. But his ability to sell anything puts him in the hall of fame just for that ziggler can sell better than Shawn michaels almost and sean can sell so oh man i i want to go back and just watch that cash in right now just for everything that happened around it aj lee marking out big e marking out the fans literally 
I think the fans would have rioted that night if Alberto came out on top from that. That's how over that cash-in is. And I think that's the biggest part about it is that cash-in was over. The fans needed something to grasp onto. They were getting fed up. And it was near perfection. Almost perfection. We've got one other one that is perfection, but this was... Damn, bro, I can watch that all day. We don't have all day, so we have to move on to the next one. The next one's honestly equally as beautiful. Anything from here is just masterpieces. Yeah. Uh, tied for second, we have the granddaddy of them all, the original cash-in, where Edge cashed in on John Cena at New Year's Revolution 2006, following one of the most gr gruesome Hell in a Cell matches in recent memory, um... Wow. Uh this was a this this was a pivotal moment I find in in WWE history. Uh you know, like if you go back into the world of multiverses, there is a multiverse in which the money in the bank didn't exist and this didn't happen. And it, and I truly believe that if this doesn't happen, it changes the landscape of WWE for the next 10 plus years because this made Edge the true rated R superstar. A little bit of a different cash in that's, and, and I wish this happened a little bit more, but unfortunately it does ruin the surprise. But this cash in had Vincent Kennedy McMahon come out to announce to a bloodied up Cena that the night is not over, that yeah. this man is going to be cashing in his money in the bank briefcase. Out comes Edge, hits multiple spears cashes in on cena one two three unfortunately these days if you want to watch the video package it's in black and white because cena is bloodied up and it's so good partly because no one knew what the fuck was happening because yeah. edge held this thing for nearly a year you yep. almost forgot that he held the briefcase to the point where you you didn't know really what the briefcase meant. Everybody expected Edge to announce, this is when I am having my world title match. Yeah. They, you know, they did sell the Money in the Bank briefcase at the time as a world championship opportunity at any time, any place. But for some reason, for us fans at the time, it didn't clue in that it could happen right after a match or in the middle of a match. It, yeah. at, at the very least, maybe I'm wrong, Steve. It never crossed my mind. I always thought that this cash-in was going to be announced. I am cashing this in at WrestleMania. I am cashing this in at No Way Out. But no, they threw out all expectations out the window and gave us what we now see as the norm of money in the bank, which is cashing it in on an unsuspecting champion. Yeah. You, you kind of ruined my whole build up to this, but I'll, I'll allow it. My biggest, my favorite part about this whole cash in is exactly what you said. A beaten and bloodied John Cena. The best way I love to see John Cena. Oh my God. <laughs> laid out. Wait, you can see him? In this match, I could. <laughs> Just because the blood was so perfect running down him, it was like showing his silhouette. That's how badly Cena had been beaten in this match. And then all of a sudden, you get Vince's music hit, and he comes out, this night's not over, in typical Vince McMahon fashion. And this man is going to cash in his money in the bank contract. And all of a sudden, the smoke hits and Edge and Lita walk out, rated R style. And it was a new era. It, I think New Year's Revolution, it, it really solidified a new era in professional wrestling. And them doing it this way was so good that and even cena put up a minor fight because you know like it was it wasn't like a one-hit move like ambrose did on rollins with uh, uh dirty deeds but it was like three or four spears i believe that he hit yeah and it kind of brought wwe into obviously the rated r era of edge 
but move them still away from the attitude era but did something a little bit more twisted i think that's the best way for me to describe it because you still had like ruthless aggression john cena you had the rated r superstar uh you had the back end of the american badass moving back into like the undertaker so there was just a whole and then you had randy orton who was just running wild on everybody at that point in time it's that young you know version of kind of what we have is austin theory right now but this cash in i didn't we get the uh not to be spoken of live bedroom scene in the middle of the ring like the monday night raw yeah, the, after this yes, the live sex celebration yes kids don't look that up um but this was this was a pivotal moment in, in wwe's history i really i truly believe that like if you were to start breaking them down of what changed an era it was this cash in and vince putting chips all in on the rated r version of edge and all the story that followed it so damn like what a what a what a cash in to talk about like and i think we equally have the ziggler one and this one because they were both transitional times everyone was so fed up with del rio and wwe needed a change in 2006 with cena in the ruthless aggression and they need to go a little grimier because they weren't doing well enough. So I think both of these are perfectly placed with each other. Yeah. God, I'm just gives me such good memories to talk about this stuff. Yeah. All right, let's go to our number one. I think this is kind of an obvious one. Um, I think we've talked actually at length in previous podcasts about this. We have uh, Seth Rollins cashing in on Roman Reigns and... Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31 doing something that hadn't been done at the time, which was to cash in in the middle of an ongoing match and changing the stipulations altogether to the match that was happening on hand. Uh, Steve, what would you like to say about this as your preamble? Santi, my preamble on this is I remember watching this and granted, it's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. It's a main event. A lot of the wrestling community right now are so fed up with this, but back then, this is a main event. This is Roman being pushed as the guy. You know, he's the, the second coming of The Rock, per se. And then you've got Brock Lesnar, who just doesn't get beat. You know? And you're watching this match, and it was a good match. It wasn't anything incredible to talk about. It was good. It was aggressive. Uh, in your words, it's a, it was a meat slapper, but the moment that music hit, it wasn't just the stadium that came alive. It felt like a new filter on life. Like you're like, whoa, stop. Give me a second to digest what is happening. And that was that long what was that? A 70-yard, 80-yard ramp that Rollins sprinted down? So you actually got that time to digest. And, like, the slide into the ring and, like, him throwing Roman out. Or, no, sorry, he threw Brock out, right? No, he threw Roman out. He threw Roman out. And, like, how he stalked Lesnar... And like, am I ready? Peeks him, peeks himself out just to check on Roman to make sure he's still down and out. This is where people really started to need to give Rollins credit for how good of a character he is compared to what he is now in like the upper echelon of great characters. Rollins is so underappreciated at this point in time in his career. It's ridiculous. He just every point of this cash in was great up into the lifting of the title because you notice he walks up the ramp he stands perfectly center looks down at the title make sure he's adjusts it to flip it that he's holding it perfect for his image like if you watch this back he does everything perfect 
And it just shows how good of a talent Seth Rollins is. There's my early preamble on this. Go ahead, Sandy. Um, I, I can tell you exactly what my feelings were during this match. And I think a lot of people who are watching this will will be able to resonate. Because um, I, in my personal opinion, this was at the time the most... Looking back on all of them, I think this is the best uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns match. Uh, the first 15 minutes of this match is Brock Lesnar beating the ever-living piss out of Roman Reigns. And people are happy because, yes. yeah, people are loving this because, because Roman Reigns at the time felt like the force-fed babyface. And we were getting to see him just getting completely annihilated. So we had this roller coaster of emotions where... We are happy that Brock Lesnar is winning. And then all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar hits his head on the on the um, on the ring post, opens up. And then all of a sudden, the match shifts where Roman is hitting Superman punches, spears. Everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? They both eventually lay themselves out there in the middle of the ring. And you, you don't know what to think. Like, what is going on? And then all you hear is... And then the place comes unfucking glued. The reason it, I believe it, beca it becomes so unglued is two things. One, people were actually really emotionally invested in the match that was happening in the ring. Yes. And two, they were so emotionally invested that they forgot that the money in the bank existed. They yes. forgot that the money in the I I forgot that the money in the bank briefcase was still a thing. Why did I forget about it? One, I forgot about it because I was emotionally invested in the match. Two, I forgot about it because Seth Rollins had lost the earlier in the night. No way that they're going to give this a loser who just lost uh, the opening match of WrestleMania the main event win. No, not a chance. And two, he'd held that for such a long time. And lastly, number four, cashing in at WrestleMania almost seems like almost seems wrong at yeah, that moment. exactly. It, it, it just exactly. almost seems wrong. Uh, so in nowhere in my mind, and, and looking back on it, I feel stupid because it's like the, because like, <laughs> yes. why would, why, why wouldn't I think that this was going to happen? I, I genuinely though did not see this coming. I forgot that the money in the bank briefcase was even at all in play. And that's one of the reasons why I think so many people came unglued and lost their absolute shit, Steve. Yeah, man, I, I can honestly say I forgot about it too. I, cause it was to a point like Lesnar is the guy you don't want to see Roman anymore. Like it was just like, he was being forced. They were both being force fed down our throats, kind of like what we're getting right now. But at the end of the day, when that music hit, like I said, like you almost saw everything in a new filter. And it was just like, whoa, like Rollins just got buried on the arguably the greatest RKO ending to a match of all time against a, against a very savage Randy Orton. And that was a savage version of Orton back then. And that match, the, the match to start the night was incredible. Like Randy Orton, Seth Rollins. Take my money. I'll watch that match any day. That even whole now. mania was is unbelievable, actually. Yeah, that was great mania. But for Rollins to come back out full of energy and just be as methodical as he was to do it. Oh man, dude. I just talking about these, I want to go watch them all again because it was just such. I can honestly say, and we always absolutely shit on WWE creative. The one thing I can say with most of the ones we've talked about, WWE creative did not fail us in this sense. In our top five, which has become like a top eight with a ties, they did not fail us at all. And God, I cannot wait for the next 10 money in the bank cash-ins as long as it's not happy Corbin. I'm 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 great with whatever comes our way. So with Money in the Bank coming this uh, next weekend, dude, what are we gonna get? Who are we gonna get? Like we don't even know who's in the match yet. Like there's like half of it's been booked. So this is what, just this is why I've been saying for a long time now that Money in the Bank is 
is replaced survivor series survivor series 100%. it's replaced it it's replaced it as like the true um marquee event um one of the top four marquee events i think it's far more important um than survivor series will be moving forward that being said steve that is our top five uh steve where can people find you you know what sandy i'm gonna pause that for a second before we can say people can find us because guys it's official the straight shoot merch line is officially up and running so go to our link tree which will be in this in the bio or the description of this video and we have an incentive running for the first 100 people that do do a purchase over $50 we are going to give you 25% off on your next purchase so definitely go check out the merch line uh it is all set up ready to go for you guys and we look forward to seeing the straight shoot merch posted all over search social media. We want to make sure you guys throwing up on Twitter, Instagram, tag us on TikTok, tag us on everything. Just let us know that you guys got our merch and wear it proud. Where you guys can find me, uh, twitch.tv slash Mr. Tesh and over on uh, TikTok uh, on, at Mr. Tesh and obviously at straight shoot and at straight shoot sports our new branch off that santi's going to talk more about santi yes you can find me over on straight shoot twitch.tv slash santi's app and of course straight shoot sports as steve just mentioned we have launched a new wing of straight shoot we're we're diversifying we are no longer just a wrestling centered podcast we are now envisioning to become an entire network of different types of conversations that can be had um so we're still doing the wrestling thing the tiktoks on wrestling are still going strong the podcast on wrestling is still going strong but we want to be able to talk about football nhl nba soccer whatever it may be ufc uh so if you want to hear us talk about that stuff um uh, and watch some very similar tiktoks in terms of style and branding that we have been doing on the regular straight shoot channel you can head on over to tiktok at straight shoot sports to follow us there Steve, thank you very much for joining me today. Everybody, if you are watching the YouTube video, make sure to leave this a like, a comment, subscribe with notifications. It is always free to change your mind if you don't want to be subscribed anymore. So go ahead. You have nothing to lose. And if you're listening on podcast services around the globe, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, make sure to leave us a rating, whatever it may be, whether it's a thumbs up or a five star rating. Five stars. Yeah, we're five-star rated on Spotify. You guys have been going strong and helping us out there. So please continue to give give us ratings on Spotify. It just helps people find the podcast and um, gives us more listeners for us to be able to um, destroy their minds with our awful wrestling takes. Everybody, thank you very much for watching. Take care. Have a great night and be good people.